a torn Achilles. The team's got 21 days to decide whether to activate him from IR. For now, Rodgers probably limited to light drills in practice. He hasn't yet been cleared for contact. Coach Robert Sala. I promise Aaron is not going to do anything that puts himself in harm's way. If he is not healthy to play, Aaron is very, very smart. Um, that's not something he's going to put himself at risk for. Serious setback on the offensive line for the Texans amid their playoff push. Starting left guard Titus Howard expected to miss the remainder of this season with a knee injury. NBA Pelicans guard C.J. McCollum planning to return from a collapsed lung tonight against the 76ers. Reports ESPN's Adrian Morjanowski, New Orleans, 5-7 without him this month. Star forward Angel Reese after a four-game absence, rejoining seventh-ranked LSU tomorrow against number nine Virginia Tech. Coach Kim Mulkey has declined to go into detail why Reese has not been with the team for much of the past two weeks, beyond saying it stemmed from unspecified locker room issues. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. They're close, convenient, and have the parts you need fast, along with excellent customer service from professional parts people you can trust. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit O'ReillyAuto.com. Check this out, y'all. Audio level full volume. It's go time. This is Border to Border with Matt Josephs. He's super famous. This guy's a fraud, a phony. I respect women. I love women. I respect them so much that I completely stay away from them. Matt, your manliness is overwhelming. Sports, 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 sports. Audio level full volume. It's go time. Here's Matt Josephs on Richmond's 1061 ESPN. Good afternoon, everybody. Border Border 1061 ESPN Matt Joseph's here on a Wednesday here in the capital city. It's uh, getting cold. Uh, that's not exactly my favorite thing in the world, but that's all right. And uh, we'll get you through this Wednesday as we start to take a look forward at uh, this weekend's college, fo- college football and some NFL and all that good stuff. You know what we do on Wednesdays, 3.30, uh, our spider of the week, I would say. I mean, we haven't been calling it that, our spider insider. Uh, will join us, and it's Wayne Galloway, who has been fantastic. The linebacker has a, a an INT return for a touchdown. Uh, so Wayne will join us at 3.30 to talk about his season, to talk about uh, the next challenge that is taken on Albany. And um, we'll see what Wayne has to say about that. Um, Richmond is a, I think I saw, was a seven-point underdog, which I think is kind of crazy because this, I mean... Obviously, I don't know as much about Albany other than the fact that obviously they have to be pretty good because they are home and because they are ranked. But um, I'm not scared of them. That's for sure. Uh, if I'm the Spiders, certainly I'm not scared. They have a solid quarterback. They have a solid linebacker. They have all that good stuff. But um, we'll see what happens. Uh, Wayne will join us at 3.30. Don't forget tomorrow at... well. As I always like to tell you, because I'm honest, uh, we're going to tape our interview with Kurt Signetti tomorrow at 2.45 before the show. We will play it at 3.15. So if anything you have to ask the coach from James Madison, uh, you can certainly do so. Obviously, the Dukes know they are going bowling. They just don't know where yet. I'm sure that several bowls have approached JMU. I'm hoping it's somewhere close by. I'm hoping for a nice sunny atmosphere, someplace like that. Uh, I'd love for them to be in a place like that, but obviously um doesn't matter what I want. It's what uh, the Bulls want. And I would think any Bull would want James Madison because of the way that they're just, you know, their fans will go. If it's within reason, and even if it's not within reason, I think their fans will go. So um, I'll give you a couple of the mock 
tournament, uh, not tournament, bowl selection, because obviously we had the uh, the college football playoff yesterday, and um, everything looked kind of normal when it came to the college football playoff rankings yesterday. If you take a look, and I'm pulling them up now, Georgia's one, Michigan's two, Washington's three, Florida State's four. That tells me that Florida State wins, they're in. And the playoff is very simple to me. The college football playoff is very simple to me. It is Georgia or Alabama, because let's be honest, Alabama's getting in if they beat Georgia. The SEC champion is not not getting in. Uh, Michigan, or uh, Michigan, because... Uh, and if Michigan loses, I don't think they're getting in, but who knows? It would have to depend on what everything else happens. But it's the SEC champion. It's Michigan. It's the Washington-Oregon winner. Oregon is fifth right now, which tells me that if they win, they'll move up. And then I think it's Florida State. I think Ohio State's done. I think Texas would have to have the best showing to get in. And have somebody else lose. If Michigan loses, I think Texas gets in. And then we have Georgia, Texas, Washington, Oregon, or Washington or Oregon, and Florida State. Now, if Florida State loses, I don't think they get in. I mean, the only team I think that might get in with a loss is Georgia. But I don't think so. It depends. We need mass chaos in which Georgia, Michigan, Washington, and Florida State all lose. And if that's the case, let's do that one real quick. So if all the undefeated teams lose, and we have nothing but one-loss teams, I think Oregon's definitely in. I think Texas is in. I think... Boy, that's tough. I think Georgia and Michigan may still be in if, if, if there's that much chaos. And I think we may have Alabama, Texas... Excuse me. Tech, yeah, Texas, Alabama, Oregon, and then either Georgia or Michigan. That would be interesting. And you know, obviously, the world revolves around the SEC, so Georgia would probably end up getting in, which is pretty crazy. But I don't think we're getting the chaos that everybody thinks we're getting. I I just don't see that happening. Uh, I think that, obviously, everybody's pretty well favored in their games coming up this weekend. Michigan's like a 23-point favorite against Iowa. Iowa, It's so funny because Iowa's team total is like three and a half. Like, they don't think Iowa's going to score in this game, more or less cover. Washington's a favorite over Oregon, but everybody loves Oregon. Excuse me, never mind. Oregon's a favorite over Washington by a lot. And that game's on Friday night. That game's going to be awesome. That will, I will tell you this right now. I think the Oregon-Washington game will be the best game of the weekend. Even better than Georgia-Alabama, even better than, than every other game Oregon-Washington will be the game to watch this weekend. It's Friday night in Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. So I think that's the game. If you're a college football fan, you should be watching that because it's going to be tremendous. Um, All right, so I'm looking at Brett McMurphy, who we've been kind of following along with regards to the Bulls and where they're going to go. Brett McMurphy has... ODU and Western Kentucky in the famous Toastery Bowl in Charlotte, which I think I think ODU fans would travel to that. Um, it wouldn't exactly be a great matchup because you'd have two Conference USA teams playing each other. And excuse me, Conference USA versus Sunbelt. For, forgot that uh, ODU is no longer in Conference USA. You'd have JMU and Toledo in the Myrtle Beach Bowl. I'd like that. I just noticed that Myrtle Beach is only five and a half hours away. That would be tremendous. Not to mention it would be a good matchup for JMU. 
Um, he has Liberty and Troy in the Birmingham Bowl in Birmingham, Alabama on December 23rd. Okay. He's got Virginia Tech and Kentucky in the Duke's Mayo Bowl in Charlotte. So um, that wouldn't be a bad trip for uh, Virginia Tech. Not a bad matchup either. Um, and that's it for the state schools. He's got um, Penn State and Tulane in the Peach Bowl, Washington and Alabama in the Fiesta Bowl, Ohio State and Louisville in the Orange Bowl, and Texas and Missouri in the Cotton Bowl. I think it doesn't really matter. I think we're going to get good um, attendance from all of our teams. I think if Tech fans don't have to travel far, I think they'll go. Um, I think winning that game the way they did against Virginia is bringing some people back into the fray. I think the ODU people will go a lot of places. I think the JMU people will travel to the moon if JMU makes some sort of lunar bowl game. Uh, I'm looking at Jerry Palm, who has Liberty and JMU in New Orleans for the New Orleans Bowl on December 16th. That would be awesome. He's got ODU and Utah State in the Hawaii Bowl. He's got Virginia Tech playing in the... I don't even see Virginia Tech. Oh, there they are, the Military Bowl. I think I think the the interesting thing for the Military Bowl and the Bowl in Charlotte, the Mayo Bowl, is kind of picking the right team to go there and decide whether or not, you know, do you want Tech fans there? Do you want Clemson fans there? Do you want Carolina fans, Raleigh, uh, NC State fans? It's a good decision for the Military Bowl to have. I think either way, they're going to get a lot of people. So we'll see what happens uh, with regards to that. A uh, little bit of breaking news here from the NCAA. Kind of expected. Joe Bamasil's, uh waiver has been denied. Statement from VCU came out that expresses their disappointment. Um, they're going to try and support him. But yes, the NCAA does the wrong thing when it comes to Joe Bamasil, who basically came home. And now the NCAA is like, meh. Yeah, that's not going to happen. So that's a little disappointing. 3270888, that is the phone number. That is the text line, 804-327-0888. Uh, let's take a time out. Coming up, a lot, a lot of college basketball tonight involving the state schools. We'll tell you the lines, we'll give you a little preview of the opponents, and then at 3.30, we'll talk a little Spiders football with Wayne Galloway. You're listening to 1061 ESPN. Let's get social. Follow us on X and Instagram at ESPN Richmond. And find us on Facebook by searching ESPN Richmond. Don't miss a thing from your home for sports in Richmond. 1061 ESPN. Welcome back. 1061 ESPN. Matt Joseph's here uh, as we continue to get ready for our wonderful holiday party tomorrow. Uh, They they started the holiday party at 3 o'clock tomorrow. So if you notice me slightly distracted, it's because there'll be clients walking by the door or the window, staring in, eating the food that I'd like to be eating myself. So I'm, I'm good at that, though. I'm good at not being distracted because 3.55 when the show's over, I will be out there amongst the people. And it's so funny because everybody's like, you must be really good at like being a people person. I mean, I'm not. I'm really not. Radio is good because I could just sit here and talk. I'm talking to you, the listener, but I don't actually see you, the listener. So I could dress how I want and I can, you know, do what I want. That's why I got into radio. Um, but yeah, tomorrow we're having our client party here and we're putting up decorations and things. 
Uh, so we'll be very festive tomorrow on the show uh, as we play our Kurt Signetti interview. And don't forget, if you have any questions, tweet me at MidMajorMatt, Stacia's Twitter is at ESPN Richmond, or text in. As you may also notice, I'm also still, I kick the uh, the fever part and the other the, the bad stuff, but I've still got the cough and the congestion. Uh, that may never go away. But I'm gonna we're gonna fight through it because no one wants to hear complaining about a job like this because this is an awesome job. I love what I do. Uh three two seven zero eight eight eight. That is the phone number. That is the text line. Eight zero four is the area code. Wayne Galloway will join us in about fifteen minutes. We'll talk some spiders football, and um, yeah, we're gonna talk some spiders football with him uh, tonight. You got spiders basketball. They are. Ugh, I didn't even realize this. They're playing at seven thirty. Means the pregame's at seven o'clock tonight. Wichita State, the opponent here. And um, here's my thing on Richmond. I don't know if they're good or bad yet. And I know some of you are like, you can't saddle the fence on something like that. You look at the record, they're 4-2. and two. You look at what they've done in past years where they've lost games they're not supposed to. Or they've lost games they're not supposed to. You know, you look at last year's schedule. You know, there were some very tough losses. The William & Mary loss, they probably shouldn't have lost. Sorry, Tribe fans. Um, but... So far, they've done everything they're supposed to. They beat VMI, Siena, Queens at home very easily. They beat UNLV, which I believe they were a slight underdog in that game. And then they lost at BC, and they lost to, to Colorado in close games. Um, when you look at what the Spiders do well, obviously the offense is pretty solid most times. I mean, they've scored a lot of points in those victories. The two games they didn't win, they didn't score a lot of points. Jordan King is really good. He's a 47% three-point shooter. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys on this team that, that everything's kind of fit well. Problem is the bench. Uh, Jason Roach hasn't been great. He's been a little cold. Um, they're not getting a lot from their bench. And then the same thing as always is the rebounding thing. They're 342nd at getting offensive rebounds. Now, part of that is as part of their great defense, they are getting back at preventing fast-break layups. They're also not great at getting to the free throw line, but they're also very good at getting at preventing others from getting to the free throw line. This is all the nerd stuff that I have to look at as part of handicapping, courtesy of Ken Pomeroy. You look at Wichita State tonight. Wichita State is six and one. They lost to Liberty by 17 in a neutral court game in Conway, South Carolina. Wichita State is very good defensively. It's interesting because they do not force turnovers, but they also are top 50 in two-point percentage defense and three-point percentage defense. They are also top 30 in not allowing teams to get to the line. So this is a very good Wichita State team. The Grindhouse, I believe, is what they call their stadium. Uh, I believe that's what they call it. I'm trying to remember what they call uh, the stadium there. The Groundhouse, maybe? I don't remember. But... um, they have a great home court advantage. Charles Cook Arena. You'll hear from Bob and them at 7.30. Pre-game starts at 7 o'clock. I think it's a tough game for Richmond. I think it's a very tough game for Richmond. Uh, they lost at home to Wichita State last year in a 56-53 game. It was very low scoring. Um, uh, the line opened up at Wichita State minus 2. It's now 3.5, so money has come in on the home team. Um, I would agree with it. I have a slight lean to Wichita State in this game. Slight lean. Only because I think their defense is going to play well enough that's going to make things tough for the Spiders. This is going to be a low-scoring game tonight. I'll tell you that. Speaking of low-scoring, Virginia has Texas A&M in the SEC-ACC Challenge. Um, good job by the conference so far. 
Syracuse gets the win over LSU yesterday. That was really nice. Georgia Tech getting the upset over Mississippi State. That was really nice. Clemson, the road win at Alabama. And then there's Pittsburgh losing at home to Missouri. Notre Dame losing at South Carolina. Miami getting blasted at Kentucky. And then NC State not showing up against Ole Miss. So it was kind of a mediocre day, but some nice wins for the conference. Um, We'll see what happens tonight. Virginia is a slight favorite over Texas A&M. And when you look at Virginia so far, we're kind of seeing some of the little issues uh, that Virginia has. They're slight issues. They didn't score against Wisconsin. They played a 55-possession game against Wisconsin and scored 41 points. And then the next game, they played West Virginia, who's not very good right now, and only won 56-54. Virginia is not shooting well inside. Not rebounding well at all, but still playing very good defense. Virginia is 274th in offensive rebound percentage and 329th in defensive offensive rebound percentage, which means teams are not only missing, they're getting the rebound. You look at Texas A&M, coached by Buzz Williams. My guy, love Buzz Williams. He'll be in Charlottesville tonight. Texas A&M has 6-1. They wanted SMU. They wanted Ohio State. They beat Penn State in a in the neutral court. They were obviously in that tournament down in Kissimmee. And they are the number one offensive rebounding team in the nation. So that's a problem spot already. Texas A&M is a tall team. And if Virginia is not rebounding or not committing enough to rebounding, A&M is going to miss some shots, and then they're going to get the rebound. They've got Tyrese Radford, the former Hokie, although he was injured last game. They've got Henry Coleman uh, from, obviously, the Richmond area, played at Duke, and then he's been at Texas A&M the last three years. they got Wade Taylor, who used to be at, nope, I thought he was the kid who used to be at Vanderbilt. He's been at Texas A&M all three years. They're a solid team. This one's not going to have a lot of pace. This one's not going to see a lot of scoring. Virginia's just got a rebound. If you tell me tonight what the rebounding numbers are, I'll tell you if Virginia wins. They were a one-point favorite at the Open. They're a three-point favorite now. So Vegas likes them. They just got a rebound tonight against Texas A&M. Tech is at Auburn tonight at 9-15. Tech is a nine-point underdog. Uh, They were a a nine-and-a-half-point underdog to open up. So at least a little bit of money is coming in. When you look at Auburn, it's Bruce Pearl. A lot of athletes. A lot of chaos. Pretty good defense. Um... Their wins this season haven't been great. They beat Southeastern Louisiana, Notre Dame, St. Bonaventure, and Alabama A&M. They've got Johnny Broom, who uh, was a center, who used to play at Moorhead State. I mean, they just got a lot of athletes. This is just a very athletic team. They want to get up and down, so the only way Tech is going to win this game is if they can instill their pace. And obviously, Tech has been all right. The win over Boise was nice. The win over Iowa State was nice. The 34-point loss to Florida Atlantic, not nice. So, Tech's got to shoot well. Hunter Couture's got to have a good game. Lynn Kidd's got to stay out of foul trouble. Um, they just got to try and, and slow down Auburn and not make this a back-and-forth affair because they can't they can't keep up with Auburn. This is how they kind of lost to South Carolina. It was a 79-77 game. Tech's more likely to win the games in the low 70s. Obviously, they beat Wofford in the high 70s. They beat Boise State in that. But like, they can't make a habit of playing games 
in the 70s. They got to play defense and they got to slow this game down, slow this game down to a grind. I don't think they're going to be able to do that. I think Auburn's going to win, especially since they're home. But we'll see what Tech can do. Obviously, it would be a very nice win for the Hokies' resume. They don't have a lot of opportunities outside of conference to add to their resume. And then don't forget this weekend, the ACC has their first conference game. Tech hosts Louisville, which obviously that should be a win. Virginia hosts Syracuse. That'll probably be a win. And then they go back into non-conference play until the last weekend in December. So you got those three teams in action tonight. Then you got JMU's in action tonight. JMU is a 23-point favorite at home against Buffalo. Now, in the past, Buffalo's been pretty good. They are not good this year. Buffalo is 1-5. They are horrendous defensively. They have given up 89 to Iona, 102 to Hofstra, 92 to Fairley Dickinson, and they gave up 83 to Roberts Wesleyan, who is a, I don't even know what they are. JMU should roll in this game. JMU is very good offensively. They don't turn the ball over. They have very few weaknesses. They should win this game rather easily. And then Sunday, they're playing a school called Keystone, which I don't know what that is. So JMU should probably be 8-0 before they head to Old Dominion on Saturday, December 9th. Large number and a large total, 159 is the total in that game. As JMU hosts Buffalo, as I said, Buffalo used to be good. They've been ravaged a little bit. And then the last game, it looks like, well, there's two more, and I'll do them real quick. VMI is at Navy. Uh, Navy's about a four and a half point favorite in that one. Navy's not good. Problem is, VMI is not great either. Navy is 0-4 in the season. They're terrible offensively. They are allowing teams to shoot 63% from two-point land, which is awful, obviously. Um, They also are coming home from being out in San Diego. They played two games in San Diego last week. So VMI can win this game. It's a road game. VMI has two wins over lower-level teams. They play fast. They're just not very good offensively. We'll see what happens there. And then the final game, obviously, is a very interesting one. Radford, who's played every team in the state, it feels like. They are at Old Dominion. Old Dominion about two-point favorite, one-and-a-half. ODU is two-and-three. They are coming off the overtime win over Drexel. Radford is five-and-three. They are coming off a win over Notre Dame of Maryland. We'll see what happens tonight. Obviously, Radford lost at VCU, lost at JMU, so they're 0-2 so far against the state schools. They play ODU tonight. They play VMI on December 12th, and then they've got, obviously, Longwood twice, and uh, so that, that means, obviously, they play a couple more state schools left on their schedule. So we'll see what happens there. But that's uh, pretty much, hopefully I didn't miss anybody. Uh, so a lot of state schools, uh, G- George Mason's hosting North New Jersey Tech. New Jersey Tech's not very good. George Mason should roll. They're a 22-point favorite. All right, let's take a timeout. Coming up, we'll talk a little Spiders football. Wayne Galloway will join us. We'll get his thoughts on last week's win and uh, getting ready for Albany this weekend. Wayne Galloway will join us next, 106.1 ESPN. The NFL season is in full swing, and we don't want anyone to forget. We have NFL coverage every Sunday afternoon, as well as every Dallas Cowboys broadcast. Here on your home for sports in the River City, 1061 ESPN Richmond. Did you know? 
Welcome back. 1061 ESPN Matt Joseph's here, the Spider Insider, driven by Lux Chevrolet. Uh, if you're shopping for a car or truck, go to Lux Chevrolet. Check them out online, luxchevrolet.com. Family owned and operated since 1916. They may be on the road to Albany uh, coming up Saturday. A noon kickoff, an early game uh, for the Spiders uh, as they take on a conference foe that obviously they did not see this season. Uh, joining us now, part of that stout defense, uh, Wayne Galloway. Wayne, what's going on? Hey, how you doing, Mr. Matt? Doing well, Wayne. And um, just talk about this get this last victory. Obviously, it was a little bit of a slow start for the defense getting used to this North Carolina Central offense. But after you got used to it, you guys shut it down. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, we had to make a few adjustments. Um, they were they were well coached, and they obviously had some, some great talent on that offense. So uh, once once we were able to make some adjustments and get settled in, we I think we played pretty well. Um, did you guys almost take it personally how much we heard going into that matchup? Obviously, the Richmond offense is really good, and the NC Central offense is really good. Felt like your half of the ball was almost not talked about at all entering this game. Yeah, I mean, we don't we don't really look into that kind of stuff too much. I mean, we, we try to get motivated every week um, because, I mean, every week, you know, we're kind of doubted, you know, as a team, and, you know, nobody kind of thought that we would be in the position that we're in now. So, I mean, we always kind of look at that as motivation within itself. You had one of your best games, obviously your best game of the season, the most tackles. Do you watch a team on film and just get a sense that you're going to be pretty active uh, as a tackler? Um, I mean, you kind of always expect, um, you know, to make plays going into any game. But, um, you know, I I had an idea that, you know, I I was going to have an opportunity to to make plenty of plays. And it was just, you know, kind of up to me to, to go out there and execute and make them when the opportunity came. What's it like for this defense when you've got an offense that's scoring as many points as your team is? Does it make things a little bit easier that you don't feel like there's pressure every single drive to keep uh, your opponent out of the end zone? I mean, you know, I mean, that's kind of always the goal, um, you know, because, I mean, we, we hold ourselves to a certain standard, you know, no matter how many points we're putting up on offense, you know, the standard is the standard for us every time we, we go out go out there on the field, so... How much does practicing against this offense on a daily basis, how much is it iron sharpening iron here, and you guys are getting better because you're going up against their their offense? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, we have some some really, really talented guys on offense, and, you know, all the way through camp, um, you know, it was definitely, they were making us better, we were making them better, um, and everything's kind of, you know, unfolding now the way uh, we expected it to. What was it that kind of flipped for you guys? Early on, obviously, as a team, you, you, that first month of the season, you come out of it two and three. What kind of flipped for you guys? Because ever since that slow start, you guys have been racing along. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I, I think we had some, some key uh, players with injuries that were battling injuries early on in the season. Um, you know, but I, I don't think anybody on our team really had any doubt um, that, you know, we would, we would put it together um, soon. Um, I think it was just a matter of um, just kind of putting everything together on both sides of the ball. And, you know, obviously we were able to kind of figure that out and string some wins together. So, Obviously you have, are part of a very veteran defense. What is it like for you to be part of this defense where you've got a lot of leaders, you've got a lot of guys who've been through the battles together with you? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I mean, people talk about Tristan all the time. I mean, he's been a huge part in, you know, helping me get to the point, you know, that I'm at now, um, especially playing in the same position group. I mean, 
he's just a great team leader, um, but especially on the defensive side, you know, he sets the tone. You know, Aiden Murray, he's been in the program for a while now. Um, you know, guys just like that, that, you know, they hold the younger guys to, you know, we have a standard here on this defense, and we're going to live up to that standard each and every day. So, what about the do you, do you compete, uh, compete against Tristan? Obviously, with the, with regards to the tackles, like are you guys reminding each other if one of you has a better day than the other. Um, a little bit. I mean, I mean, we're we're always you know competing with each other in terms of you know trying to make a play here, trying to make a play there. Um, you know, I mean, we're just happy to see each other succeed. Um, yeah, no, I mean, definitely. I mean, I, I see him make play. I mean, that's how the team kind of operates, too. I mean, we see the offense go out there and make a great play, and, you know, we're just like, okay, let's let's go make another play on defense. So that's just kind of how the team operates. It's just, it's just a competitive environment. And obviously you have the interception for a touchdown. Like, that's, uh, you know, something he has not had yet, so you can hold that over his head. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, he's, he's got me in the tackles by a long shot, but I guess that's something I can, I can hold over him, I guess. <laughs> What uh, what's it been like to have Quantrail with you guys this this season? Oh, he's been great. I mean, he, he's fit into our system and just the the culture, you know, in the locker room in general. I mean, he's a great guy. Um, you know, he, he I was really impressed with how fast he was able to pick up on the defense. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, he's just been a great addition, uh, not only on the field but in the locker room as well. Uh, Marlon had a really good game against NC Central. How important is it for you as a linebacker to have defensive linemen who hold up these blocks when, uh, against the offensive line? Yeah, I mean, it's it's crucial. Uh, you know, on certain run plays, you know, there's a lot of times where, um, I mean, there's one play specifically, I remember this past weekend, Matei Fitz just got, just completely annihilated the offensive lineman who I'm pretty sure was supposed to come up and block me and ended up freeing me up for TFL. So, I mean, it's just plays like that um, that kind of go unseen. You know, they don't get, you know, a stat in the stat book. Um, but, I mean, they're, you know, a huge reason um, for, you know, me, guys like me and Tristan to be able to make certain plays that we are able to make. How much do you guys talk about? Obviously, this is the round last year, unfortunately, that you guys bowed out of the tournament. How much do you talk about what happened last year as you get ready for this game this weekend? Um, I mean, obviously, you know, last year, um, you know, like, like you said, I mean, this was, you know, the time that we unfortunately, you know, fell in the playoffs last year. Um, but I mean, all season, you know, we're just like, okay, you know, we made the playoffs last year. That's the standard. Let's raise the bar a little bit this year. So it's like, you know, getting past that, that level. I mean, I, I think that we have all the confidence now. Cause I mean, I, I think we were in position to win that game last year against a really good Sacramento state, uh, team. So, um, it's just kind of pushing to that extra level and set the bar even higher this year. It's got to be nice, though. Last year, obviously, you made a trip out to Sacramento, California, a long way away, and this year you're only going to Albany, um, which is a lot closer than that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the trip to Sacramento was definitely a big one. I mean, we left a whole day earlier just to kind of get adjusted to the to the time change and everything like that. So, I mean, the, the traveling part will definitely be um, – easier that this go around so you got albany a team that obviously is in the conference but you haven't played them uh i don't believe you've played them since you've been at the school the last game was 2019 um just talk about preparing for an opponent that obviously you've seen in film uh, when you take a look at other opponents that you've played so far yeah i mean uh, yeah like you said i mean we haven't played them yeah i mean I, i haven't played them um since i've been here in the program um but yeah, no, I mean, I've, I've seen them on film, um, you know, preparing for other teams in the conference, and they're impressive. I mean, I know defensively they've they've got some guys that can make plays on defense, 
Um, you know, they got a really good quarterback, good guys out on the outside um, offensively. Um, you know, I mean, I think they just have some really good players. So, I mean, it's just kind of up to us to go out there and execute the game plan, which I think is a pretty good one that we got going in this week. Um, usually you may have played more than one, I believe, noon kickoff by now. But, uh, uh, you know, not too many noon kickoffs. What do you think about the early start to the to the day? Uh, I mean, to be honest, I kind of like it. Um, you know, you kind of, you know, wake up and, you know, it's quick. Because, I mean, when you have later later kickoffs, you know, you're kind of sitting around for a little bit longer throughout the day. And, you know, your adrenaline is already kind of going. So, I, I, I don't know. I kind of like the noon kickoff. Uh, there's a chance for rain. What does that do in terms of preparation? What do you have to change in terms of if it is raining? Um, what do you have to do for that? I mean, defensive, I mean, I think it's a lot easier defensively to prepare for a rain game than, you know, offensively. Um, you know, I mean, I, I think the only thing is, you know, you just, just kind of prepare to, you know, face a little bit more run game than, than pass game defensively. Um, and then, I mean, every week we have an emphasis on uh, turnovers and trying to get the ball out, um, making interceptions. But you know, especially in a rain game, you know you're you know you're really trying, raking for the football. You know, when somebody's carrying the football or you know going for interceptions, things like that. Because I mean, it's it's a lot more typical for the ball to be on the ground in a rain game. Um, do you have to change your spikes? Is there a specific kind of shoe that works better in the rain? No, um, you know we just wear you know, the same cleats we we usually wear. I mean, I think you know. It's, to bring an extra pair of cleats, you know, in case you got to change them out at halftime, you know, I think that's smart. But as far as like the actual cleats go, it's just, it's the same cleats. Uh, now, Wayne, obviously being a Louisiana guy, do you have any thoughts on uh, Jaden Daniels and potentially him win the Heisman this year? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I haven't gotten to watch a whole lot of uh, football, um, you know, outside of you know film preparing for our games, but um, I've gotten to see him play a little bit, um, and I, 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 you know. I know it's him. I think the guy from Washington and uh, Bo Nix from Oregon. I mean, I've, I've seen some some stat lines and things like that. You know, I think Jaden Daniels. I mean, I think his stat line speaks for itself. And I saw something else. Somebody said that he has had a statistically better season than Joe Burrow did when he ran, he won the Heisman a few years back. So I mean, I think that kind of speaks for itself. Well, uh, Wayne, good luck uh, this weekend against Albany, and hopefully uh, the Spiders get another victory and move on the playoffs. Appreciate you. You have a good one. All right, uh, that is uh, Wayne Galloway of the Richmond Spiders. Um, it is, I was looking, it is the first noon kickoff. And look, you know, obviously being in the East Coast, that's good for the Spiders because, you know, this is not one of those things where, like, it's a noon kickoff out West and they have to get used to it and everything like that. But, um, you know, I- I've always been interested in this sort of thing. And you look, they played 2 o'clock games, 1 o'clock games, 3.30 games. Uh, they had the, they opened the season at 6.00. So, uh, I'm looking at the weather here for Albany, and obviously it's Wednesday, and we know the weather forecast usually isn't very good as it is for the next day, but uh, there are showers in the morning, then cloudy in the afternoon, high around 45, winds at 5 to 10 miles per hour, chance of rain 60%. So, um, obviously, as he mentioned, run game could become a very important uh, uh, part of this game, Savon Smith. Uh, Fene Webb, all those guys. It's really nice to have a running quarterback like Kyle Wickersham under center for situations just like this. But this is a Spiders team that I'm not worried about. They're an eight-point underdog in this game. That must have moved recently. There's only one book that has it out, Bet Online. Uh, it was eight and a half at 8.42 this morning, and now it's eight. So, total's 48 and a half. I mean... 
I'm looking at Albany's stuff. They're nine and three. They did lose their well. They played two FC, uh, FBS opponents. They lost twenty-one seventeen at Marshall, and they lost thirty-one twenty at Hawaii. They beat Del- uh, Villanova thirty-one ten. They beat William Mary twenty-four to eight. And then, other than that, they got a lot of the garbage in the conference. It looks like Towson wasn't very good. Stony Brook, Monmouth, Maine. A lot of bad teams uh, in this conference. So only getting Villanova is interesting. But then again, of course, you counterbalance that with playing two FBS opponents. That always makes things rather interesting. So we'll see what happens. Albany and Richmond coming up at noon on Saturday. Our coverage begins at 1130 as part of the doubleheader because later on in the day, we will have Richmond Spiders basketball as they get set for William and Mary here at the Robin Center. Uh, 327-0888. That is the phone number. 327-0888. That is the phone number. Don't forget to use the area code 804. Let's take a timeout. Coming up, we'll update you on the commander's practice. Uh, who missed it? Who was there? All that good stuff as we talk a little NFL. Getting you set for Thursday night football tomorrow night. Dallas and Seattle. Go Seahawks. Uh, you're listening to 1061 ESPN. Welcome back. 106.1 ESPN. Matt Joseph's here. Um, just in case you were wondering, yesterday was the end of knockout play and a pool play of the um, NBA in-season tournament. Can you feel the excitement? Can everybody feel the excitement? We now have a bracket in the in the NBA in-season tournament. <sighs> I'll never understand it. They'll definitely change it, but I just... Do you think it's so it's the Bucks and the Knicks in the one four and the Pacers and the Celtics in the two three in the East, and then it's Lakers, Suns, Kings, Pelicans. Like in those eight places, do you think there's any extra excitement for this? The only thing that's rather interesting is apparently TNT and ESPN are teaming up for the coverage. So they're gonna have the inside the NBA guys doing things with uh Stephen A and Michael Wilbon. Which may be interesting, but then again, everything the inside the NBA people are doing, that's awesome. But I just, I don't know necessarily why, like, I don't know. This whole thing is just, to me, I wouldn't have done any of this. I, I wonder if you ask Adam Silver if, like, he's happy with how this thing has turned out. I, I just can't see that being the case. I can't. To me, it's it's one of these things where they're just other games. So then as part of this also, there is, they changed the schedule. So therefore, the people who didn't make the bracket, they are also playing games. I think I saw the Sixers are playing the Wizards and the Hawks. Because obviously there's two games in the schedule that they have to account for. I don't know. We talked about when it came out, there was nothing that they could do to motivate people to be interested in this thing. There's just not. There's nothing you can do to motivate the common fan to watch the NBA right now. Like, it's just it's just another sport. I'm looking here to see, you know, there's just, uh, there's nothing that's going to get me to be like, you know what, that's really awesome. It's must tune in. Like, obviously, look, they're going to they're gonna figure out the final four or the final game and whatever, and then they'll be in Vegas. And so what? Okay, tremendous. And the winner will get $500,000. Do you think that Jason Tatum or um, Jalen Brown 
or LeBron or Anthony Davis or any of the other guys who make over $100 million from their contract cares about $500,000? No. Do you think the fans... Are there any Lakers fans who are listening to this show who are unhappy about their Cowboys? No, I'm just kidding. That's, that's a low blow. But... Are there any Lakers fans or Suns fans or anybody else who's excited for the NBA in-season tournament? Other than you, Bruce, because if you're listening, Bruce, I know that you're excited for this. And I know you tweeted me and you said um, you were excited for this. You did pick the Sixers. They are not going on. But I just can't see anybody being excited by these extra games to me. It just makes no sense. And so we'll see what happens, but... We're down to four in the NBA in-season tournament. Let's update you real quick on the transfer portal in college football. We're going to work on this year. Last year, I said I knew I wanted some specific music. This year, we're going to work on it. Uh, Grayson McCall, the, the coastal quarterback, is entering the, 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 grad, the transfer portal. He did last year, and then he came back. Uh, CMU quarterback, Jace Bauer. Florida quarterback, Max Brown. Arkansas quarterback KJ Jefferson. I mean, these are just a lot of names. Temple quarterback EJ Warner. That's Kurt Warner's son. Uh, Wisconsin running back Braylon Allen's entering the NFL draft. FIU quarterback Grayson James. I mean, it sounds bad to some people. I love it because I love kind of the reshuffling of all the rosters. I know it's frustrating for people who are like diehard fans and things like that. But to me, it's like it's just it's interesting to see people in new areas. It's no different than college, than the NFL. It's free agency, okay? If we have free agency in, in the pros, why can't we have free agency in college? Now you regulate it, and maybe you prevent people from going somewhere different all four years. But I have no problem with free agency in college athletics. Now I'm not in college athletics. I'm a fan of college athletics, but I have no problem with free agency in the sport, as long as all the moves are reasonable and as long as nobody's taking like terrible advantage of it. I don't want anybody playing four different places over four years. I'd make, you know, rules about, you know, if a coach leaves, you could definitely leave, whatever. But I would certainly make sure to do something. I would allow free agency to occur. To me, that's no big deal. To other people, it is. Um, so yeah, we'll keep you posted if anybody else is going transferring in, uh, from the state schools. But those are some of the names that I've seen over the last couple hours. Uh, Emmanuel Forbes was the only guy who didn't practice today for the Commanders. They hired some uh, defensive backs coach to help out because obviously they got rid of their defensive backs coach. Uh, but they're getting ready for the Miami Dolphins coming up on Sunday. Uh, thanks to our guest today, Wayne Galloway of the Richmond Spiders. Uh, he joined us to talk about the game against Albany coming up and uh, the season so far. And uh, thanks to uh, good luck to all the state schools in action tonight. We'll recap all that stuff. Hopefully, we get a bunch of victories for JMU, Richmond, Virginia, Virginia Tech, Radford or ODU, obviously, uh, VMI as well. And don't forget, coming up on the show tomorrow, we'll play my taped interview with Kurt Signetti. I'm talking to him at 2:45 tomorrow. We'll get his thoughts on a whole bunch of different things as they get ready for an unnamed bowl game, wherever that may be. We'll see if he has a preference. Maybe he wants to go to a beach. Maybe he wants to uh, relax a little bit. We'll see if he's happy. We'll see if he's smiling a little bit for the interview. He certainly should be. The season was tremendous as a whole. Uh, thanks to Lewis for all of his hard work. No Bob. He is in uh, Wichita. 
He'll be back with us tomorrow on the air. Uh, Feel Good Thursday. I'll be back tomorrow as well, 3 to 4, here on 1061 ESPN. PearsonMazda.com. Wesley Financial Group is not a law firm. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. And in the process, started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. If we take you as a client, I guarantee we'll cancel your timeshare or you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit. 800-517-1717. That's 800-517-1717. 800-517-1717. eBay Motors is here.